Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, we're talking about the how David Goggins changed my life and how he could affect yours too. David was recently on the Joe Rogan podcast for the third time, and he was just as effective and just as sincere in his message to the world. David is an ex-Navy SEAL who's also considered the toughest man alive. For those who aren't aware of him, please go out there and Google him now, as he is the person who represents me, what mental hardening is, what a person can resemble, the best parts of going from somebody who has the worst possible scenario, the worst possible scenario to the best. He has taken what he was given, his raw materials, and he made probably better than anyone ever could have expected from him. More than that, he's affected millions of lives. He's released two books, both of which I plan on rereading over and over again. I have listened to his Can't Hurt Me audiobook three times already, and I will continue to reread it and to re-listen to it and reread the actual book uh, at least once a year, every year. Because it reminds me of what true tough scenarios are, what true disastrous places can be. We live in a society today. We live in a society. God, I'm going to chuck that in there. Getting out of this sick society. Society. <laughs> society. Society, man. Society. 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 <laughs> Later on. But we live in a time where it seems to me that people want things easy. They aren't willing to put the hard work in. And I actually think if we push people in the right direction, we're going to get some amazing, smiley, happy people. Just by opening them up to the idea that pushing themselves beyond their limitations will open up a new world to them. We see more and more the acceptance of people being overweight and the acceptance of people not getting into exercise. I remember when I went to school that trying to sit out of PE was only for medical excuses or for issues with asthma. I was the kid who had serious, severe asthma at some point. And now I am considered by the medical community as a non-asthmatic for all intensive purposes. I recently spoke to my, doc my doctor over the phone and I was given a quiz on all of the severity of my asthma. And it is now gone thanks to David Goggins, who also suffers from asthma, but he never talks about it. This is a man who has no cards. If we were to be playing a game of poker, he would have been given nothing but ones. <laughs> he took those ones, and sorry, I said ones and twos, I should be saying, and he's turned them into aces, all aces, or a full house, or whatever you want to do in terms of poker analogies. <laughs> in this case, I'm bringing David up, and I've talked about him multiple times on the podcast, but I want to truly emphasize the impact he made on me and how he that could help you as a person, you the viewer, you the listener. When In 2018, I was struggling mentally. Uh, I wasn't in the best place. I was a runner at the time. I was doing running. I didn't really have a direction with my running. I was just running when I thought it was best. Uh, I was running when I thought I should get some exercise. I wasn't weightlifting. I could barely do any push-ups. I couldn't definitely couldn't do any pull-ups. And each time I went rock climbing with my friends, it felt like I had so much more to give 
in terms of potential. It felt so demoralizing that I could barely lift my own body weight, that my arms were tiny and that I didn't have any muscle to me. But I wasn't doing anything at the time. I didn't think that maybe I should be going to the gym and starting from the bottom and scraping to the top. I didn't think that the opportunity here was to reach into the dark abyss within me and start my journey on the fitness to what I am today. Even though I had the inspiration of Casey Neistat, Casey never actually made it public at the time that he was hitting the gym at the same time as running. He didn't talk about how you need to be able to do both to be able to increase the strength to be able to maintain your legs when you're running. Many runners you'll see are very thin guys. Some of the best in the world have near to no muscle on them. And that's because they want the smallest amount of weight on their legs so they can run as fast as possible, while at the same time having relatively strong enough muscles to be able to maintain that. They don't seem to eat a lot in comparison to weightlifters. And I looked at David Goggins and saw the combination of the both. He was both somebody who lifted heavy, he talks about this in his book and on podcasts, that he would get to 210 pounds when he ran the Hurt 100 as well as the San Diego One Day. And within this, to me, it shows that yes, being heavier is a hindrance to running, but it can also be a strength. And it can show people that being able to do both is possible. David is known for doing the impossible. He shows to people that the impossible is possible. And there is merely your mind that is stopping you from doing this. This may sound like a load of motivational mumbo jumbo. Well, at the time of 2018 at the time, before I'd listened to David's podcast, actually it might have even been 2017, but around that period of time, before he went on the podcast, I hadn't really considered that I could utilize muscle building to be able to enhance my running. I was running at around a nine minute per mile pace in, at that period of time, and it was going into an 8.30 to nine minute mile pace. And I thought I was getting better, and I was getting better, but I wasn't getting to the, the point of what Casey was at or what David was at. And I wanted to push myself further and find that extra and at the time, I, I, I had no guidance. There was nobody showing me around. There was nobody there to be able to guide me towards the weight room, nor was there anybody to be able to provide me with advice within my family or my friend group. And there was no nobody getting me up or motivating me or telling me that my dedication to my running was a good thing, but also they hadn't told me the alternatives in life. And no, you shouldn't expect anybody to come to save you apart from yourself. And this is why I associate David for changing my life because it was only I who had the ability to put the work in but it was he who lit the match to the bonfire that would be my addiction to this part of the world the fitness slash running slash weightlifting slash uh, cross training slash whatever you want to do keep adding slashes to it because I'll, I'll be there stretching as well yoga whatever you want to do I was there and when he appeared on the Joe Rogan podcast back then, 2017, 2018, I listened intently. I believe at the time, the second appearance, uh, I began doing push-ups while I was listening to the podcast, sit-ups as well. And I had a load of uh, extra fat 
on my lower back, which I was very self-conscious about. Uh, that made me feel very, just not in good shape. I had had abs when I was 17, and I'd got those just by doing sit-ups in my bedroom, and I had no conscious idea of what a good diet was. I had no idea of what was the right way to work out and how to do the best thing. I had no guidance along these lines. And so when David's story came about, and he talked about how he'd taken himself from 300 pounds and got all the way down to 185, it said to me that I had this ability to turn my life around as well within a short period of time. And that's exactly what I did. In the summer of 2018, when I went and stayed with my parents in Dorset after finishing my second year of university, I had a break between my second year of university and my placement year that would be incoming. My placement year was already guaranteed and I knew the start date. And I also, after finishing my second year of university, knew I'd gotten a first again. And it was actually after the podcast, well, after the summer of 2017, when I discovered, thanks to friends, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, that I had a new motivation in my life to do the best I possibly could. I had done, I was driven in my first year of university for, to obtain a first class without the podcast. But after discovering it, I had a new thing in my life, not just to be good for the sake of being good, but being good for the rest of my life and being the best I possibly could. There's always the sentence in the back of my head of Vegeta going, you'll be the best or you'll be nothing. And, uh, you know, I'm joking about that a little bit. But at the same time, I have such high standards for myself now. And back then I was starting that beginning, turning the wheel, cranking it. And when David talked about how he used to sit in a cold pond in his mum's garden when it was minus degrees to be able to prepare himself for the seal training of buds, I was also saw my parents' garden as the perfect place to be able to begin my training routine, where I would do curls with a very light barbell set, and I would do push-ups, sit-ups, yoga, I would do multiple runs throughout the week. Uh, seven, I remember running, I think after listening to David's podcast, I would run every single day. And I would push myself to do at least four miles. It would always be the minimum. I would, some days I would do more, some days I would always just stick to that minimum. But uh, on top of that, I would also do a workout, which would be, sometimes it would be a full body uh, but it was training every single day. And I've never broken out of that training, by the way. I've never broken out of the every single day training. For a while, I used to have Saturdays off in my placement year. And then I realized something was that there was no need for me to take rest days. My sleep, my recovery, my body responded better to me training every single day. And I realized that within Goggins' story, he showed that your body can t do more it can take more than you ever think. A lot of people believe in recovery. Well, sleep is the best recovery you could possibly ever ask for. You're sleeping for eight hours a day. To sit on your ass for one of the seven days a week and call it recovery is a terrible excuse for a waste of 24 hours. And out of those 24 hours, there would only probably be one of those where you'd be exercising. To say that that would be bad or overtraining 
I think is rubbish. I've not seen any repercussions that, for me, will happen maybe over the next 10 years. But from what David's done, he pushed himself to the brink, to the point that in the latest podcast you see his knees are no longer knees, they are just bone on bone with zero cartilage. And he took it to an extreme. But it doesn't mean you have to. What it does say to you though, that there is a possibility that if you are not given the best set of genetics, that if you are not given the best set of body parts or eyes or whatever, you still have the capability to push yourself to your limits. And you can do that day in, day out. Now you may not like it initially. I for sure wasn't initially loving the feeling. I was tired. I was tired some days, sorry about that. (laughs) I was tired some days. Uh, Other days, I just wasn't feeling it, but I still knew that I could push myself to it. And there would be those days where I would get my laptop and I would have my Jocko Rogan Goggins playlist playing on the left-hand side. Their message, their passages to becoming better. I'd be listening to Henry Rollins telling me about how he would lift heavy and he would push himself and that even in his 60s, he was still going to the gym to challenge himself. He would still get up early. He would still eat clean. He would still reduce the amount of crap being put into his body. And he wasn't done. And that's amazing to me that you can continue that all the way until you're in your 60s. I remember in 20, I wanna say 2020, no, no, sorry, 28, the December of 2018, I went on a six hour run. It was, a, sorry, not a, it was a six hour event. I only did, I think three and a half of the hours because at the time, I had stress fractures and shin splints. Shin splints. I say that it was probably just more like shin splints because stress fractures are a serious thing that take a while to get over. Nonetheless, the pain was extraordinary, and I decided that I was going to try and attempt a marathon that day. And I remember uh, some of my colleagues at work were saying to me, "Why didn't you finish the the full marathon?" Well, for me, in my mind. If it wasn't below three and a half hours, it wasn't good enough. And it was never going to be good enough. And that is still to this day, my belief. If I can't hit below that mark, I might as well be like everybody else. Now this may be counterintuitive and maybe something that many people out there disagree with me. And that's fine. You guys can happily run four four hour marathons and five hour marathons if you like. But for me, pushing myself and finding that new, that new just ground for grinding and pushing myself is where Goggins' mindset comes in. His mindset, to me, says that you can go further, you can push yourself harder, you can stay in this zone. More than that, in that 2018 run, it was freezing cold like it is today in the UK. It was minus degrees to begin with, and I shed layers as I went around the track, the four-mile track, like David I had a four mile track, except he did a one mile track in his San Diego one day, which I would run around repeatedly. And I was on these shin splints and I was on these so so called in my mind stress fractures. And the pain was excruciating for the first six or so miles. 
And like Goggin says, after a while your body understands what you are doing to it and it will provide you with adrenaline and dopamine to be able to stop that from happening. And the pain will slowly but surely go away. And I would continue doing this until I would blow up at mile 21. My body at the time, I was consuming keto diet. So I thought it was a good idea to eat some protein bars that were low in carbohydrates for this race. Well, what I didn't realize is that they were also high in fiber, which would mean that I would be shitting myself at many, well, not shitting myself, but shitting in the course, basically, in this race. Similar, again, to Goggins. It's not a good mindset, guys. Uh, sorry, viewer, you, listener. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. I would be, I'm so much more specific, uh, specific with my nutrition nowadays when it comes down to taking on events. I'm a little bit smarter with how I do things. And I think Goggins' story has helped me with that, uh, with his San Diego one day. Even listening to that in the initial few years of my life, I hadn't really comprehended that maybe I shouldn't be doing a diet that I couldn't continue for the rest of my life. And that is big for me. Consistency is everything. And consistency here was that I was determined to try to run a marathon even on these injuries. And to to me it was a it was a badge a badge of honor to do that. Where I was sat in, sat in the course off the side of the track pulling down my trousers to go to the loo. And it wasn't just once. It wasn't just twice. It was three times. And after a while, I'd had enough and had to stop. Because not only had my legs given out, but my body was saying to me that this probably wasn't a good idea. Going to the loo multiple times and not realizing that I could be hurting my kidneys and the processing within my body. Not giving enough carbohydrates to be able to keep going. The cramping and the lack of salt was also another problem. Something that I have realized is truly important to every long distance event. If I want to be able to get a good marathon time, I need salt tablets and I also need to make sure that I'm well hydrated as well as eating a high carbohydrate meal beforehand and making sure that it's not sloshing about my stomach an hour before the race. These are all things that Goggins has truly helped me understand and it's more than this is that I like to think that I've pushed myself more and more as the years have gone on because of him. In 2018, when I had finished that summer of hardcore training and pushed myself to the very brink of my purpose at the time, I had removed a lot of the fat that was on my hips and I felt a lot more confident in who I was. I would then do my placement year where I would go to the gym properly for the first time, where I would consistently go there five days a week, every week for the entire year. I was even going to gyms when I was going abroad and traveling. And to me, I've continued this even today. I had this mindset, the warrior mindset that Goggins would talk about multiple times in his podcasts. And for me personally, this mindset cannot be, it cannot be achieved lightly. You have to push yourself. You have to say to yourself that there is no other way. And for me, there was none. And there is none today. I must push myself every day day in, day out. And in 2019, after achieving that five days a week and then running three times a week, I've realized that, well, I say that, I also was continuing that running nearly every other day. 
I was running 40 miles a week at one point and I was also playing football and I was also weightlifting and I'm not surprised that I got shin splints. I'm not surprised that the pain in my legs was excruciating because I was pushing myself to the brink of overtraining and under eating. I was eating uh, a protein shake at lunchtime and then I would have dinner in the evening and I was fasting till lunchtime. Goggins, again, didn't have anything to do with this, thankfully. He did talk about how he would, in his first uh, to losing weight, would cut down on the calories. And I too thought I just needed to have high protein and make sure that I was eating two meals a day, not really counting my calories and kind of winging it in some ways. I wouldn't really get my nutrition under control, as I've said on this podcast before, until 2020. And I would go into my final year of university with Goggins' mindset, 2019, 2018, he releases his book, I Can't Hurt Me. And I would have that as another arsenal uh, weapon that I could use to remind me of how to stay on the path. Goggins would continuously be ringing in my ears, telling me that it's never enough. You're always hungry. You must always be like the dog and have that dog mentality. And I have that to this day. Many of the people I know want to get in better shape, want to do better in life, but they don't have the mentality. That's why I train alone. Because when I train alone, I'm pushing beyond. I am going beyond my limits every time. And most of the time, I train alone because I don't think it's very fun what I do for most people. And that's fine. It suits me, very much so. And like Goggins, it's by doing it on your own, you harden your mind mentally. When I have those headphones on, I silence the world. The only thing that myself and Goggins disagree on is that I believe that wearing headphones is fine. I don't believe that it's cheating. And the reason I don't believe that is because I've got to the point now where I can both monitor my heart rate when I'm wearing headphones, what music am I listening to doesn't really matter because I can have that under control. And I know what to listen to and how fast to run or how slow to run, depending on what type of run I'm doing. I've also managed to be able to listen to the same music for so long that it doesn't really matter. Ironically, Goggins listened to, had headphones on and listened to Ram, not Rambo, Rocky going the distance uh, to break his world record for pull-ups. So, There is a little bit of disagreement between me and him on that, but apart from that, we agree on many things. I also believe that what he talks about in the terms of most people today are weak. Yes and no. I believe that if you say that, they're gonna be. For me, I'm an optimist. I believe in you, the listener. I believe in your passion. I believe that you can do better. And this isn't some bloody mumbo jumbo. I'm not giving you impractical advice. The reason why I can train seven days a week is because I know exactly what my body can take. I'm training three times a week for running and I'm training four times a week for weightlifting. I'm being able to know the exact amount that's going to be able to take. I know if I'm going to run a marathon or an attempt a marathon, I know exactly how much food to take on. I know how much calories to do for me. For you, this may be different. You may be just starting out and you may need to be able to reduce the amount of exercise you're doing. 
and do, let's say, a 30-minute session a day rather than a full hour, or maybe not an hour and a half, maybe not even two hours, whatever it is, it's down to you to find out. There are no answers that you can be given to you for you and how you'll find that you work best in losing weight and putting on muscle and being able to achieve your goals. Goggins purposefully talks about his story, but he also talks about the framework and templates that can be applied to you that doesn't necessarily give you specifics. Specifics aren't applicable to everybody. Running a 7.30 minute a mile pace isn't possible immediately for most people. And by saying that to everybody and trying to apply it to all just isn't real. And that's not what he's about. And that's what, not what I'm about either. The reality of the what Goggins says is that it doesn't matter what you're given, just work with what you have and do the best you can with what you have. He says it in a very unrefined way because of how his life was so raw and, and just sharp and unfair to many, many you know, aspects. And it's tough and it's emotional. But what it says to me is that you can continue to push yourself knowing that there's someone out there continuously grinding, continuously pushing themselves forwards. For instance, today I did a 10-mile run. I couldn't do this podcast, like Goggins says, without putting, putting out, without pushing myself. If I wasn't a man of my word, if I wasn't doing the things that I was saying, what's the point of talking in the first place? What's the point of me saying any of this? I only say things that I truly believe in. And I believe in this, that most people, like Gorgon says, are leaving a lot on the table, including myself. I'm, I'm only 27. I've still got a lot to put in. I'm still trying to stretch more. I'm still trying to find new ways to better myself, to strengthen myself, to be able to push myself further. And one of the ways, for instance, is I trained alone in my parents' garage for two and a half years without any equipment apart from a pull-up bar in the second year and a adjustable dumbbell. And that was it. And I've realized that my strength is lower and I'm going to be upping that in the gym at the moment. And that's something I'm working on. We're not all perfect, clearly. But Goggins clearly shows that you have more to tap into. You have a mode within your life. I didn't discover my mode until 2021. 2021, I realized that there's a moment in every race and every run or workout or gym where you could give up and go away. Or you can utilize the adrenaline, the endorphins and push further. For me, I've talked about it before, Bunkai. For Goggins, it's Goggins, Goggins mode. You, we all have something that can turn a switch in our mind and enter that abyss and smile back. <laughs> because if you can smile into the abyss, you're stronger than 99% of people. And if you want to join the 99 in this case, then you have to be willing to give everything, to be a little bit unhinged, to be a little bit crazy, to be a little bit judged by everyone around you. Everyone's gonna be thinking that you give too much or that you're nuts or that you are insane for what you're doing. The truth is, is that they just can't comprehend the journey that you've gone on, that they are, you were exactly like them to begin with and that all they had to do was just push themselves that little bit further 
and continue a journey that is harsh, horrible, but will make you a better person at the end of the day. Goggins said to me when he was doing the podcast with Rogan, I remember him talking about how he could easily given up and how he would look at himself in the face when he enters the gates, the pearly gates. And whoever judges him would look down and not believe what he's become because they didn't see it in the plan. We should all be looking to do that. For me, the way I say it is I want to make my eight-year-old and 80-year-old self proud. I want to be pushing myself further and further. Like Goggin says, if you're going to be judged, the only person who's going to judge you at the end of the day is going to be a reflection of yourself. And if you can't smile with yourself at that time and believe in what you've done, what's the point? The truth is, is that Goggins re resembles the mindset that is solid, clear, not fun, but is going to make you better. I do stuff recently, something I've, I don't talk about is that I don't drive. And I have a nervousness around driving. And I'm conquering that now because I did my first lesson last week for the first time in something along six years. I also completed my theory test and passed that recently, uh, two weeks ago. I talked about that on the podcast. And I'm tackling this, and I'm going to take it head on, and I'm determined over the next year or so to be able to pass the practical test for the car. And by doing so, I'm conquering a fear of mine and conquering that inner demon. And I will continue to find the things in my life that I'm weak on and I want to build on. And this brings us full circle. I was an asthmatic, and now I have the ability to run thousands of miles, hundreds of miles. I've run around an average of 25 a week, and I will t continue to increase that. Last year, I ran 1,000. This year, I'm going to run what I've ran 1,140 at the moment, and I'm going to go for 1,200. And next year, I'll do 1,400. And I will continue to increase that every year. And by doing so, I compound and I increase my strength and my power. And I follow Goggins into staying hard, staying mentally tough, and staying in the fight. Because this is the message that Goggins really truly says. It's not about the quality, it is purely about staying in the fight. Not quantity, not quality, just staying in the fight. Just like life. Life, you, you get born, you have no choice in that. You, get, you die, you have no choice in that. But what you do in the beginning to end, you do have a choice in that. And you do have a choice in whether you're going to put out, put in the effort, and push yourself to the, to the very end. And if you're still here at the end of this podcast, thank you, number one, really appreciate it. Number two, I imagine you are, you are also a disciple of Goggins. And you are also putting out. So when I'm out there in the freezing cold, like I was today, or in the pouring rain, like I was a month when it was raining, or when it's boiling hot and I'm running in 35 degree heat, or if I'm in the gym and it's whatever it is, absolutely boiling in there, or the weights are feeling heavier than usual, I'm out there. And you can know, you know, the listener can know that when you are trying, and let's say you're just starting, or you're already advanced, or you're already an intermediate, and you're working out, you can know 
that myself and Goggins are out there grinding the hell out of it as well. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for truly seeing something that could change your life, just like it's changed mine. David Goggins is a hero. He's my hero. He's a hero that we need and not one. And he knows that. And he will continue to put out the content and miles and push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, and all of the stuff that he doesn't want to do so that we realize that we have to do the stuff that sometimes we don't want to do to become better people. This has been a Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I've been your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now. Merry Christmas, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs>